It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to another version of estate planning essentials, or in other words, how to protect your family and your assets. And I'm sitting here with Dallas elder law attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. And actually, we're sitting together virtually. Uh, yes. You know, I guess that's in our presence nowadays, our, our version of together. Correct. It seems to be everything by uh, virtual these days. Yes, so, we are together in spirit, we're together in strategy and in purpose, but unfortunately we're not in person, as you said, face-to-face with uh, services like you offer, whether it's Zoom or other kinds of video conferencing, seem to be ubiquitous these days, but um, unfortunately we can't do this just yet, regardless of how much the virus is abating these days. Yeah, I think it's, it's going, you know, we're giving some people the option of signing in person nowadays, uh, so we're making a little bit of progress, but only under if they wear a mask and things like that. So we have to yeah. be, um, you know, responsible. And certainly our workshops, which are uh, we usually have, um, uh, you know, every couple of weeks, we because there's more people on that, we do that all virtually. But in any event, yeah, well, we're, I we're appreciate making progress. I hope we are. I think everybody is. Every every day, there's an opportunity to grow and get better and get back to some kind of a new normal, whatever that's going to be, although I know we're not there yet. But in the meantime, life continues, and we have to do everything we can, as we said at the beginning of the program, um, to protect our family and protect our assets. And the first step in that direction is to attend Michael's next workshop, and there are two of them. So here are the dates in chronological order. It is Thursday, September the 24th. Saturday, October the 10th. Those are the two next online workshops where you just simply sign up online by going to Michael's website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, and then you can attend it through video conferencing um, or a service like that. It's two clicks and you're there and you never have to leave the comfort of your home. Then in between the workshop is, of course, the annual Alzheimer's Walk, which is Saturday, October the 3rd. That, too, will not be a mass gathering downtown like it usually is. Uh, it'll be something where you have to walk in your own neighborhood, but for the same purposes um, and to help the victims of that insidious disease, whether it's the caretaker or the person who truly comes down with Alzheimer's. And so we ask you to sign up for that and join Michael's Marchers. Um, now we're only two, three weeks away. So we want you to join uh, up now and prepare for that walk on October the 3rd. So thank you for the consideration, and um, we want you to now listen and to Michael as he explains to you today's topic, which applies, I think, to everybody and is a very low common denominator topic, and that is the common mistakes people make on their wills. I think the audience will really eat this up, Michael. Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, I, I have no how have no idea how many different things we're going to talk about today because mm-hmm. I figure we'll just keep talking until we 
until the time runs out because Sounds of good. so many mistakes that people generally make that uh, will probably eat up the whole time. And sure. The first one would be you didn't have a will to begin with. <laughs> <You know, probably laughs> that's a mistake. Uh, yeah, that's a mistake. Either that or, you know, a lot of people have trust. That's a good idea, too, a lot of times uh, to avoid probate. But uh, probably, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but probably over half of Americans who could have a will uh, don't. And hmm. you might say, well, I have limited assets or I might have beneficiary designations or some other things. But really... You should have a will, and, and especially um, second marriages and things like that. Um, there could be really a lot of different problems, and so uh, you should have a will to make it easier. It may be that you don't even probate the will uh, because of other things, but you should always have a will because uh, a lot of times people have assets or maybe inherit assets they didn't anticipate. Uh, it could be any number of things, so you should... Probably uh, it would be recommended that everybody at least have some estate planning documents, including a will, either a will or a trust. And so the big one big the first mistake is not having one to begin with. Okay. All right. The second one I would probably say is I had one somebody this week that said, "Oh, Dad, uh, Dad, um, <laughs> I don't think Dad has a will. Dad just died last week." And then a neighbor says, "Oh, yeah, there's a will." Uh, your dad told me there's a will. So I guess the second mistake is not letting your family know if you have, if you do have a will, that you do have a will <laughs> and where it is. So the second mistake would be not letting your family know. Probably it's a good idea to even have a, you know, a talk and say, yeah. okay, if there's something, especially if it's something unusual, okay, this is what I did or this is what I didn't do and I did this on purpose and this is the reasons why, tell me. And, and, and of course, nobody likes to have the talk, but, uh, you know, because nobody wants to think about death. Um, but here in the, these days, these pandemic days, it's, it's, it's reality, of course. We're all mortal and all die. So uh, it's probably not a bad idea to always kind of discuss with the family, not only about your will, but on any other documents you might have. I like that, Mike. Before before you go any further, I want to interrupt and make a point about that. And you're talking procedure um, as well as content, meaning what's in the will, because in my mind, if you bring up what's in the will and, quote, who's going to get what, and that does not meet some or everyone's expectations, that sounds like a ticking time bomb to me. Yeah, and especially if somebody is going to get an unequal share. So you usually see the big will con or the more will contests when things aren't equal. It could be that, you know, that you say, oh, it, you know, it makes sense that, oh, you have a disabled child. Oh, uh, we need to have more because the child's disabled. Right. Have to take care of that child for their lifetime. But it could be that you just think, I, I had somebody else who's, um, uh, said, oh, I want more to go to my daughter. She needs it more than my son. My son's a doctor. So I need uh, I need her to be able to get more because she's going to need more. Uh, okay, whatever. But maybe you need to. Will the son feel bad? Uh, I don't know. He said, "Am I getting unequal treatment?" Same thing on the dis- the non-disabled child. Let's say uh, we have you know sometimes they say, "Well, she she's been taking care of all my life," and there's this sibling uh, you know jealousy and things like that. You know, it's there's a lot of times there's sibling. Um, uh, rivalries and 
uh, I know that there was a case uh, recently we had where the uh, one child was disappointed that they were not named as the agent under a medical power of attorney. Mm. So she went to court just because she wasn't the one named as the agent because she had to be in control. Mm. She, her memory was selective. Um, so, uh, so you never know. And so that because of, uh, of emotions, uh, then, you know, it could have impact and even, uh, even worse if you haven't discussed it with them, uh, you know, before something bad happens. So it's not a bad idea to discuss and say, this is what I want and why I want, uh, because uh, I feel whatever, whatever the reason may be. Uh, yeah. And so at least there could be some clear understanding so that reduces, just like anything in life, communication is always good, better to have communication than not, because then you then it re- leads uh, to um, suspicion or yeah. whatever, yeah. or thinking that, something, that somebody else did something wrong and that they either unduly influenced that or they're, they're uh, you know, uh, there gets to be these questions. Uh, yes. Okay. It does get me to one other, another one, and that would be, since I'm thinking about it, and that is waiting, if you wait too long, sometimes bad things happen. People lack mm-hmm. capacity. Mm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, as we age, or maybe you get COVID, God forbid, and, in, and you're in the hospital, you can't, can't do it anymore. Uh, right. You know, you can't. You, you lack mental capacity. So, you know, some say, "Oh, I'll wait till later. I'll wait till later," and that tomorrow never comes, or you never had that opportunity, or maybe you had you had the stroke and died. Right. You never did do the will, and then what ends up happening is that you have to go to, especially if it's a second marriage, then you have to go to court and seek guardianship, or mm. not guardianship. Excuse me. Excuse. Uh, seek administration. Um, so, um, uh, basically, which is a much more expensive proposition. So, uh, you know, you know, when somebody says to me, all right, we'll, we'll wait till later. I'm thinking, okay, well, guarantee me you'll be okay. <laughs> Just give me that guarantee that you'll be okay. Because, right. uh, uh, you know, waiting is, you're taking your, you know, you're risking. And I remember, what are you doing this for? You're doing these things for your family. I, I had somebody uh, this week, uh, the son lived in Wisconsin, and not that that matters, but her, his parents had done the trust, and I said, look, the parents did this because they love you. They wanted to make it easy. You didn't have to travel from Wisconsin to Texas to probate a will. Um, they made it easy for you. All you're going to have to do is these few things. And so, anyway, the whole reason for doing a lot of planning or doing some planning is to make it easier for you and your family. You said at the very beginning of the show, uh, protection of family and your assets. And so, the the reason you know, if you make it, you want you don't do you want your family being all upset with you after you die because you failed to do any kind of planning. So and so parent or whomever do that planning and make it look so difficult for me. Yeah. So the idea is to make it easier for your family. So, but that's um, the funny word you say when you totally. say easier because easier said than done. You know as well as I whether it's Robin Williams, Aretha Franklin, whoever it is. These people with gigantic estates uh, just leave a mess sometimes, even when they decide to take their own lives. And uh, I, I don't know why they do that, but I guess they just don't want to have to face the realities while they're alive. Yeah, you know. Um, Aretha Franklin, 
uh, as you said, I, I wrote an article uh, after she died because she didn't have a will originally. And I say originally because after after she died, all the four kids kind of got along immediately. Uh, but then then everybody started sniping at each other because they said, oh, and all of a sudden wills were being found, kind of like you have you uh, you uh, Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. Uh, where all of a sudden they found wills, you know. <laughs> Everybody's saying a will. Uh, I said that she gave her, her heirs no R-E-S-B-E-C-T. No, she didn't do any kind of planning. And she left it all to them, and it's been going on for a couple of years just yeah. because uh, she failed to do any kind of planning. I'm Robin Williams that you mentioned. Uh, Robin Williams, he had been married several times. And on, it, it's really kind of interesting. He did have a, uh, there was a will, I think mm-hmm. there was a will, but mm-hmm. they were fighting over the wedding dress of the last wife. Oh, my. just didn't want her to have the wedding dress. Oh. And, you know, this is how silly it could be. And mm-hmm. so you have to be careful on what you write, because it could have said, like, all the personal property, and a wedding dress would be a pers- would be personal property. Personal property is like... You know, clothing or jewelry, etc. If it said all personal property to the children, then they might be entitled to. It could be argued as whether who owned the wedding dress. On the other hand, it could be argued it was a gift. So uh, it gets to be um, some questions on on little bitty items that seem so silly to do. But uh, on the other hand, if you get too specific, then uh, it could be also a problem. Uh, yeah. Since you mentioned that, uh, uh, because yeah, if you're too specific, it could be that you had certain a certain asset that you may no longer have, and uh, you know you say I give my uh, 19, 1998 uh, Buick <laughs> right. uh, to my not that people were going to say that, but let's say some certain car, uh, my whatever it is, a, a nicer car, whatever, and you don't have that car at the time of your death. Right. You say something, uh, or maybe you say, I give a certain stock. What mm-hmm. happens if you no longer have that stock? You should say something about what happens if you no longer have it. Do they get the equal value, or does the gift lapse? So sometimes you have to be careful. Uh, you know, I want all these assets that are in my account number, such and such, at Edward Jones. All right, well, what happens if you no longer have that account at Edward Jones? Right. You need to say something. So you have to be careful, even if you are too specific. If I want to say that wedding dress from Robin Williams, the wedding dress goes to my wife or the jewelry or whatever, you can right. do it. Uh, but be, you also ought to say what happens if you no longer have it or if the gift lapses. You should be say something to what happens if you no longer have that. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, that's Michael with No Rock Unturned. Um, once again, my father, who is an attorney, he's 83 years old. I'm finally going to go back and see him after six months this week. And uh, he always said to uh, challenge the generalities and challenge the assumptions. And Michael does that as a typical attorney, but he's an atypical attorney, too, because he's so terribly meticulous when it comes to estate plans. And as far as I'm concerned, misses nothing and just makes certain that it's exactly the way you want, want it to be with balance and comprehension so that everything is addressed and you don't have problems while you're alive and then your heirs don't have problems after you're deceased. But to that end, to make sure that you have that balance and a comprehensive plan, you need to attend Michael's next workshop. That is on Thursday, September the 24th, 
or the later one is Saturday, October the 10th. That's simply because on October the 3rd, which is a Saturday, that's the Alzheimer's Walk, and Michael, of course, will be participating in that. So Thursday the 24th or Saturday the 10th, you can sign up for either one. And Michael, by all means, tell them what those workshops are all about and why you do them. Yeah, we uh, the workshops are really... Uh, about estate planning, just kind of like we're talking here today. But we ask you, we ask you what you want to know, so make sure that your questions are being asked, answered. Uh, you know, so that you, without any obligation, without any charge. Uh, there's just basically we want to know what you want to know. It's an educational process, and it's free. And all you have to do uh, to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is call two one four seven two zero. 0102. That's 214-70-0102, or sign up online at com. As you mentioned in the earlier in the show, uh, the workshops are nowadays virtual. Uh, when things return a little bit more to normal, they won't be going back to the um, in-person workshops again. But at this time, we're still trying to stay safe uh, at the, until things kind of get you know ease up more. Uh, mm-hmm. So to do that, it's really just simple. You just have a click. We, we give you instructions, but you just have a, it's kind of just a quick little link that you click on, and it should be very, very simple to join. And all you have to do uh, is to uh, call us at that 214-720-0102 number or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com and ask whatever questions you might want to know that you would like to know and maybe hear what other people want to know whether it's about estate planning or Medicaid, uh, it could be about trust, about wills a little bit today, uh, anything that you want to know, just uh, call that. And by the way, again, like you said, I appreciate you mentioning the Alzheimer's Walk. Uh, you can sign up um, on our walk team by also clicking on that DallasElderLawyer.com or calling that, that same telephone number uh, if you want to join us virtually by supporting the Alzheimer's Association uh, Alzheimer's didn't stop just because the pandemic came. Uh, right. There's still a need. So um, in any event, um, I hope that you all will join us in, at either the workshop and or the uh, Alzheimer's walk as well. Very good. All right, Michael. St- number one was when it comes to the common mistakes people make regarding their wills. Number one was have a will. Now that we have a will, <laughs> there are other mistakes that you've mentioned. What are some more that people typically make or even attorneys make for that matter? Well, there's lots of different ones. That uh, one is it staying current. So, for example, right. uh, you know, we've talked many times about um, laws change, and we've talked many times this year about the Secure Act. So, a lot of times, uh, even wills that we did last year, if hmm. people have retirement accounts, um, the ability for the and it's not just about a will; it could be about your beneficiary designations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, had a client that uh, recently, uh, we I think we may have actually several people were uh, now with the Secure Act. The on the tax law, if you're let's say you have a child as a beneficiary, uh, they cannot take it uh, if, unless they meet certain categories. Uh, they cannot stretch that retirement account over their life expectancy. It's now only uh, 11 years, 10 years following the year of death. So. But if you if a child is a minor, not a grandchild, a child is a minor, or if somebody if the child is disabled, or if a child is or a beneficiary is chronically ill, 
then it could still stretch. So hmm. uh, some people that we had done last year planning for, uh, hmm. the laws have changed this year, so we now may be putting more to the disabled child and having things stay in a certain way, have language so it doesn't affect any kind of public benefits. So we stretch it out. That could be an awful lot of savings on an income tax perspective, and the money could grow. Or it could be that somebody's terribly inclined, so you have charitable remainder trust. I'm not going to get into that, you know, difficult of a subject right now. But, you know, your favorite church or charity, you might have it where you could have them as a beneficiary at the end if you're charitably inclined. And um, uh, basically, uh, still stretch uh, by having done things in a way to take advantage of the tax laws that have changed. That's something that happens this year. And do you think that the laws will not change? with the coronavirus, uh, I mean, we all know that there'll either be increase or changes in the tax laws or a cuts to the social safety net. Uh, that's got to be the case, uh, and it's just a matter of which changes there'll be. So even whatever we, so you might say, well, should we wait till next year or something like that to do things? Because we don't know what the laws are. No, you should be making plans now. However, it means that just whatever you do today doesn't mean that it won't be changed in the future. So right. will capital gains tax laws and things like that change? We don't know. Will the estate tax laws limits change? We don't know. We, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, very good points. So, and we don't even know who's going to win the election. Yeah. Only God knows that one. And that changes every single day in terms of people's perspective and how they're going to vote. And so we don't even know who the new president's going to be. So um, there's so many variables all the more reason to make sure your will is ironclad and reviewed by an attorney often, especially Michael Cohen. What other mistakes, Michael? Well, first, another one would be not letting your family know where the original will is. In, in mm-hmm. Texas, it's not that you can't probate a copy, but it's presumed to be destroyed if you don't have the original. Wow. You have to give the original. So, so keep, and keep that will in a safe place, uh, mm-hmm. uh, free from the elements, fire, rain. You know, fire, water, right. uh, wind, whatever. Uh, right. Keep it in a safe place. Uh, if you if you did put it in a safe deposit box, not that we're recommending that. Be sure that you have a signature card of the person that you wanted as your collector. Of course, you, it, that could be another mistake. Is that sometimes people, sometimes people, uh, if they try to do it themselves, they didn't name an executor. And in Texas, you need to say that the executor is independent. A lot of times, you'll see these do-it-yourself wills. They're good and valid in fifty states uh, by some some sort of uh, online type thing. And it may be a valid will, but they don't say that the will is, that the executor is independent. That means that you'll have to have court supervision. So if you want to sell that home, you have to go back to court because you didn't say that the uh, executor was independent of court supervision. Wow. So that's another mistake that sometimes people fail to make, or, or do make rather. Or if it was incorrectly witnessed, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Texas, you're supposed to say that the witnesses are over the age of 14. Surprisingly enough, that's only 14, Although, and you have to be over the age of 18. So sometimes, uh, and there's a, what's called a self-proving affidavit that says something to that effect, or you don't have to bring the witnesses to court. But uh, if the uh, you, you need to have a witness, the will, we have requirement of two witnesses in Texas. Uh, and then uh, if, if as long as it's not a holographic will, in other words, a will that was signed only in your handwriting, uh, but uh, so actually, we could even have handwritten wills here in Texas. But usually, you want to have two ex- two witnesses uh, and make sure that the. Um, sometimes you get uh, people make mistakes, especially in husband wife and 
sometimes the attorneys make the mistake of giving the husband's will to the wife to sign and the wife's to the husband. <laughs> so that's a mistake that you kind of you mentioned about what mistakes that attorneys make sometimes or something silly as that. Or they didn't sign the will uh, at some sort of spot. Or maybe the witnesses didn't sign the will at a certain spot. Or maybe the notary failed to put in the witnesses' names uh, mm-hmm. and didn't fill in the blanks. And so those are common mistakes. Uh, or maybe you changed the and used the wrong executor. Maybe that person uh, was, uh, you know, not the right person. Maybe they would have been the right person, but then they became a, uh, had some sort of addiction or something. And right. so things ha- had to be changed. And so I think you uh, told me one time too, Mike, yeah. that even the pen color is important. Well, we it, it, just that the you know the way that copying machines are so good today. We always have the will signed in blue ink, just so you can tell it's an original. You have it black ink. It's not that it's not valid. It's just a lot of times it's hard to determine. A lot of times, you know, even, um, uh, and so then you have to look at the stamp, you know, like the notary stamp. Um, you can see if the ink goes through the back. Uh, so there's things for things that you look at. You know, there used to be the old days where you had to seal, you know, um, mm. and you could easily feel, but now things are done by stamp. Uh, so, so you, you can still have it in black ink, but we just have, like to have it in blue just to make it easier for everybody to determine uh, that that uh, uh, it's an original. <laughs> Very so, smart. Um, well, well, there are uh, so many more reasons why uh, you need to have your will reviewed by Michael because so many people, attorneys included, because they're human beings, where they make mistakes. Uh, Michael has everything in his power to make sure there aren't any and that every single stipulation in that estate plan is current based on the common laws around the country and in the state of Texas to make certain that your estate plan is is current and legal and safe and basically provide you everything you want while you're alive and after you pass away is to attend Michael's next workshop, which is either on Thursday, the September the 24th, or Saturday, October the 10th. Dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102. Go to Dallas Elder, E-L-D-E-R, DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or just Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, um, Dallas Attorney, and I promise you he will come right up to the very top of that first page, most likely. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 